In this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures, my guest and I talk about the topic of surrender. I don't know about you, but I find that word difficult to swallow. The dictionary defines surrender as to seize resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. For me, thinking of the word surrender brings to mind the words losing face, swallowing my pride, and accepting defeat. So how in the world could surrender mean freedom? You might think, isn't surrender and freedom paradoxical? So how can that be? Well, you'll have to find the answer to that when you listen to this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures. Stay tuned. Welcome to Digging Deep for Treasures podcast. This is your host, Cecile Valoria, a Christian author and a retired teacher. This podcast is to encourage women to grow in their faith and harness the power of the Holy Spirit as we unearth scriptural truths so that we can live a peace-filled life in this fear-prone world. Now sit back, relax, and let's dig deep for treasures from His Word. My guest today is Kelly Kirby Worley. She is an artist, writer, and Bible teacher, passionate about helping women discover that the secret to living a happy life is ever-increasing intimacy with Christ. A passion, she says, is birthed from an overflow of gratitude for what God has done and continues to do in her own heart and life. In her own words, she says, Hearing his voice before the noise of the world and its people profoundly affected me. Today, my breakfast with God, a.k.a. BWG, is my favorite pastime, and it's from this place of ever-increasing intimacy with Jesus, a writer was born. Kelly is an active member, volunteer leader, and blog contributor for Compel Training, a faith based online training community for writers founded by Lisa Turkhurst, president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. I am so thankful to have you here today with me. And I am really blessed because I know the kind of heart you have for Jesus. And so it is my honor to have you here and speak to us. I know that we will all be blessed by what you say. So welcome. And again, thank you for taking on this opportunity to join me today. So let's start by telling us about yourself. Okay. Um, Who had me almost crying right there at the beginning, just because you start talking about the heart for Jesus. And I'm like, that's, it's just such a blessing to be able to share him with people, you know? So, um, yes. well, I am an empty nester. I have two adult children. My daughter, Madison, is 32, and my son, McNeil, is 28, which is just does not make sense in my head when I say that because that's just far too old for my children. And I have a wonderful husband named Jay. We've only got been married for September was two years, so we were the lucky, one of the lucky couples that got to spend our second six months of our first year of marriage in quarantine. So, you know, let's have some real quality time and test out the marriage early and then get all that out of the way. So 
thankfully he's a Christian, so that all worked out well. Um, and by the way, you both look good together. You have, you. like, I was looking at both of your eyes when I saw your picture, and there's something there that's beautiful. Your combination is beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's so funny because a lot of people say that. It's about, I mean, something about the eyes. I don't know. When you, when you allow the Lord to be the person who d- directs the person to you, it's all right, you know? Yes. I mean, I think, I know in my background, I have not always asked God for his opinion in the person that I dated or married. And uh-huh. I see why that didn't work out well, you know? So, um, but we are both, I mean, you know, again, because it was COVID, we didn't, we had you know, we got married and we moved to, we're in Metro Atlanta, but he lived more on in a different county. So we kind of uh-huh. met in the middle um, in Woodstock, Georgia, which is still, you know, it's Metro Atlanta. We're about 18 miles, but we couldn't go to church. So as soon as the, uh, we had the opportunity when the COVID restrictions lessened, we joined a small group at our church and uh-huh. oh my gosh, what a blessing it is, you know, just being able yeah. to have uh, a community of believers and they're all empty nesters. So that's been really wonderful in this season of life. And he serves at the church and I'm actually in the process of the application process of serving on the care team. Uh-huh which is something that's really near and dear to my heart that I'll share as we get through a little bit. But I think that it's important, you know, I do write full-time now and Uh I spent the majority of my career in corporate, uh, corporate America, mostly Uh cosmetic sales from the world standards. It was great. Made lots of money. And it was a very, you know, I mean, it's the kind of job that people look up to. And I was a beauty blogger and all that seemed great. But in two, let's say, I guess, 2012, I had just that year started spending Every morning I started my breakfast with God with him uh-huh. and it's just, I felt this leading away. And so yes. this year will be, I mean, oh my gosh. So it is nine years. So next year will be t- 10 years. Um, wow. He put the calling on my heart for women's ministry and I have been pursuing it. And it's not always been easy because you can imagine your family and friends see you pursuing something that has no monetary but you know, you just got to stick with what the Lord is telling you to do. And yes. it's just a wonderful thing because, you know, on the heels of 2020 being a very challenging year, uh-huh. I'm so grateful. And this is how I'm so blessed to have met you through Compel, the writer's uh-huh. And, yes. you know, I had been a member since 2016, but I really didn't start engaging with the community until last year. And it really made such a difference. I mean, first was getting in, uh, into a critique group, which was yours. Yes. And, you know, just being able to be with your peers who understand that calling for the Lord. And I think your passion for the Lord too, because that's a little different in the normal world. Yes. So, and then it's like, I think you step out. I volunteered to to serve. Mm -hmm. So now I'm leading my own critique group and he's just done some crazy things this year. As soon as 2021 opened, it's like, you know, I've been pursuing his goal for nine years and there's Uh been very little movement. And this year I'm like, hold on, Jesus. I'm like, I can't keep up with you, you know? Um, so it's just been a really, really exciting year. Just seeing lots of his, you know, things, dreams he's put on my heart come to fruition. And all of it is to lead people to him, including like the opportunity to do this with you. So uh, this is what I live for every day. It's what I pray for every day. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say this because of the connection that Kelly and I have, I have had the privilege of reading what she has written and I am very impressed with her writing if you have not visited her 
blog or if you don't know Kelly yet, you need to get to know her. You need to read what she writes because it is impressive. It really brings you to get to know Jesus better. And she is on Instagram. And at the end of this episode, I will go ahead and have her share where you can connect with her because that's important. I really would would encourage you to seek her, read her writing. And when she said she's now leading a writing critique group, when she was in my group, I knew. <laughs> I knew that she didn't need to be in my group. She needed to lead her own group. So I am so thankful that she stepped out and she decided to go ahead and take the helm on leading another group in our uh, uh, writing critique groups. So Kelly, I know that you've gone through so many different things in your life, pain, hurts, all these different things. And I read included fear as well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you started with having breakfast with Jesus in 2012. Mm -hmm. Before you developed this intimacy with Jesus, how did you deal with your fears? Oh my gosh, I didn't. They controlled me. Um, In 2014, I went through, I applied for a one-on-one mentorship through our church called Renew. And it is Uh where they put you with a person who has, I mean, the social training, but they try to match your backgrounds. Yeah. And the whole goal is to help you understand and begin to live out your identity in Christ. Uh-huh. So part of that process was really going back into your childhood and looking at a lot of the things that we fear now are because of childhood hurts and yes. things that we did unresolved things that didn't get dealt with and didn't get explained to our child mind. Exactly. So we really struggle with them um, when we grow, when we grow up. And for me, I mean, I, one, I mean, I'm a sanguine temperament, which we are already hardwired to uh, have a, a, a greater need for approval, acceptance, yes. you know, yes. invite me, invite me, <laughs> people pleasing. So that is already just part of my nature. Yeah. But, um, you know, you put on top of that growing up in an environment where, I mean, God bless my mom. She, she did not know how to have, she didn't know how to be a mother. I mean, she ran away from yeah. home when she was 13 and, and just, yeah had a crazy life of her own. And so, um, my mom, my parents got divorced when I was two and we moved to the town where I grew up in and mom had struggled with alcoholism and divorce. I mean, yes. alcoholism and drug abuse. And so as a young, young child, um, we were left alone a lot or left with people who uh-huh. were not responsible. Yeah. And because of that, you know, there was a lot of abuse. Um, I mean, I was, um, sexually abused when I was six. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that young age, you don't understand. So you yes. carry that weight with you your entire life. And so there were things like, I remember even in like sixth grade, I would be afraid and we mm-hmm. lived in an apartment. I mean, we lived in like a government housing and yeah. our apartment was very small and I would be afraid at night to walk down the hallway. So I mean, when I say that fear consumed me, it was all consuming. And so when I went through this mentorship, that's part of the things they go through and you dig out what your false beliefs are. And I mean, it's amazing how many I had, uh, yeah. which I mean, you, I'm, now you just are aware of them, but um, 
what they taught me to do was take scripture, find the scripture that <laughs> applies to that fear and speak it over that fear. Yeah. Um, I really wish that I'd had the opportunity to do this when I, my kids were home because it's really amazing. I mean, again, my kids are so old that, um, you know, that we, I was a Christian and we went yeah. to church when they were little mm-hmm. and they went to Christian church, uh, Christian school, but it was not, I mean, it was not God's grace. It was not anything like that. Yeah. So we just didn't know that, you know, yeah. I did not understand anything about identity. Yeah. And so, you know, fears controlling you. I mean, it really affected my relationship with my children because mm-hmm. when you have your childhood is just chaotic. Yeah. You are, what my counselor explained to me was like, you have to have your arms like around the things that are really important to you. So I was such a helicopter parent and I was so controlling. And, you know, if my kids were two minutes after curfew, they were in a ditch. You know, I'm like, my mind was going to the worst place possible. And so I was very, very, I mean, my kids just don't, they don't know who I am. Like they do not know me as the person I am and have been because the fears controlled me so much. So, I mean, that I really recognize that's where my heart is. That's where my whole ministry is about yeah. discovering who we are in Christ and allowing our confidence to come from him. Our, and not just, you know, we know the president, but we don't yes. have a relationship with him. We can know Jesus and not have a relationship yes. with him. So it is, that is really the core, uh, my core desire. And that's one of the things, like I said, my husband serves at the church. And right now that's what I'm, in the process of applying, going through to be on their care team to either lead a divorce group or be a renewed mentor, which I mean, the renewed mentor is really, uh, that's just like, it was life changing for me, drastically life changing. And I think you will be very good at that because you've lived through, you've lived through your experience. And I can understand when you say you were consumed by your fear, because my background is really, I went through anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. for so many years including up to when I was going through menopause and now with taking care of my 95 year old dad and this relates to your story what God has shown me throughout this past year and a half that I've taken care of my dad is you were a helicopter parent I have become the helicopter daughter to my dad (laughs) oh yeah so it was always fear of him falling or fear mm-hmm. of him getting hurt that drove me to behave in a way that I would behave. Right. But what God showed me was that you need to come from a, a place of love instead of fear. Yes. When Absolutely. you approach people. And so I could understand truly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I was a helicopter parent also (laughs) Mm -hmm. because my kids are about the age of your kids. Although my son is 30, my daughter's 32. So we pretty much. So then now after having discovered that you longed for this intimacy with Jesus, you longed to have breakfast with him every day how did that change the dynamics in terms of how you approached your fears because you still had fears right I mean oh absolutely absolutely yes the core thing that 
we need to understand. And I think it's so hard for us to understand because we can't see Jesus. Yeah. Is you come from a place of love, understanding that God's love is volitional. I mean, he <laughs> is active. So as I started reading the scriptures and, and at the time that I started reading my breakfast with God started August 7th, 2012. Uh-huh. That was the day. Okay. So 20 January, 2012, I I'd gotten the, my dream job in 2011. I mean, like uh-huh. dream job, New York city director of um, a director for a makeup company. Yes. Laszlo, like, you know, Audrey Hepburn. I'm like, it was yeah. my dream come true. But I mean, within two months that God was just like, I was not happy. It wasn't working. And I, I just was like, I mean, I quit my job. It was crazy. It was stupid. I didn't have another job. I, mean, uh-huh. I just, it was so strong that I knew that I, I didn't have a choice. And so yeah. I started reading. I mean, I was really in a place of need. So again, yeah. I quit my job in January, didn't have a lot of savings. So I, I mean, like, and I lived in a big 3000 square foot house in East yeah. Cobb, which, so I'm like, I had, I mean, when I decided to leave my job for Jesus, that also meant that I was going to have to let go of things, let go of big things. And I literally had to make the choice to either go continue working or let my house go into foreclosure. And so okay. my house was going up for sale. Mm-hmm. on the courthouse steps on August 7th, 2012. And that day is the day that I started. I said, God, you are my first priority. And I started mm-hmm. reading the word every day. And it is crazy what he did. I mean, it is crazy. So it, it I was in a place where I had to surrender. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I surrendered everything. I'm like, okay, I'm giving you everything I got, my job. I mean, I'm giving you everything I've got. And so I I was dependent upon the word. And I think that is, fortunately, we have to get there. You know I mean? Like we Uh got to get to a place where we're so desperate that we will surrender. You become a Christian. So, you know, here you you, you become a Christian and your, whatever that feeling is in Uh your heart that makes you want to give your life to Christ, you make the commitment, but then most people think that it stops there, but it's not. So what happens Uh is when we become a Christian our awareness of God's greatness goes higher. Our yeah. awareness of our sinfulness goes lower. And if we don't continually feed our minds truth mm-hmm. of the gospel to understand who God is and who we are in him, that's where people get so locked up in legalism and ritualism yes. because of the guilt. Like we under, we don't understand. We just see that we're getting, fur- we're worse and worse and worse and God's over here so we can never be close to him. Yeah. When in, in reality, it's just that we don't surrender. So when I made that decision, girl, I am telling you, it was like, I can't even fathom now. I'm trying to think of something that I really love. I mean, I don't love anything as much as I love spending time with Jesus, but I love having my wine. I have a glass of wine every night when my husband and I play backgammon, Uh Um, pre-dinner date. So I have a glass of wine and I love my wine. Um, Uh But it was like that. It's like, oh my gosh, it was like, I, I, I looked forward to it. Like I had to travel. So um, I would travel because I was freelance makeup, doing freelance makeup uh-huh. artistry. So I was dependent upon the Lord for everything. Like he would get me a job. He'd give me the money, to, the gas to get there. So uh-huh. he just made me the yearning. He, I think that he honors when we will do what he says when it's a risk. That's the thing. Like yes. if, if we want to love him when it's easy, what is that? You know, exactly. that's not anything. Exactly. It's loving him in the fields of isolation and desperation. Yeah. That real change happens. You yes. Know? And in fact, I remember before 
I used to pray, Lord, let me praise you and love you, whether I am in dire need or mm -hmm. whether I am celebrating with blessings. Let me always praise you. Yes, yes. I used to say to him a lot, I'm like, you know, I used to think I wanted it easy, but easy never needed him, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I have learned there've been so many times, uh, it, even in the last couple of years where you you feel like I, I yearn to be, because I think that it's it's reciprocal, you know? I mean, like uh -huh. I spend time uh -huh. with him every day, but it depends yeah. on the distractions in your life and yes. you know how much we are in tune to him and uh -huh. open. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned. Any A sin is a sin is a sin. And yes. whether it's a lie, a white lie or adultery, whatever it is, yes. it's still a barrier in your relationship with the Lord. So, you know, it, right. when we do think, because nobody's perfect. And, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes we tell a lie because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. it, it grieves the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you're, you're, you don't feel like for me, it is like, um, I mean, it is a physical satisfaction. My husband laughs like I, this is my Jesus room. Uh -huh. He goes downstairs in the morning to make his breakfast and he'll come back up and he'll be like, did you not see that I walked by? He's like, no, he, now he's used to it. He's like, no, her head's down. She's like, oh, um, but I think that there have been seasons where I feel that there's that, that I don't feel that intimacy with him. Like I cry. I mean, like there's so many times during the day that I mean, I look out my window when he's just the little blessings that if we aren't walking uh -huh. with him and looking for him, we don't see him. And I'll be like, God, I love you. That's so sweet. I know that was you. And it'll bring tears. You know, you're, yeah. you're so close yeah. that that, yeah. that emotion is right yeah. there at the level. But, you know, there have been times when it, I feel a little bit more distant, distant. And I've in my journal, because I journal every day, I'm like, you know, I recognize it. And I am seeing that for some reason, if I am aware of all the things that are right and going on, and that's what I'm uh -huh. looking at, then I'm less aware that you're the one that's providing me. That's very true. Do you have a scripture verse that you usually go to when you feel that you are worried or anxious or fearful? Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's probably the hardest thing for me to do. I mean, I can tell you, like, it, it depends on the season. I mean, like, for example, when I was walking through the awareness of being in a marriage where it was uh -huh. an abusive marriage and betrayal. And I had no idea that I was in an emotionally, you know, emotionally abusive uh -huh. marriage. But uh -huh. When everything blew up, I was just devastated. And the enemy was just, it really unearthed my identity because yeah. I had no idea, you know, I had no idea anything was going on. So it was like, my identity was really rocked. And yeah. like I, there were times that I would literally have to, I think about when I thought about when I was a kid, you know, when you, me and my little sister used to, be fighting or whatever. I go, no, 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 no. I can't hear yeah. you. You put your fingers in your ears. So literally, I mean, I would have to do that. I'd have to put my hands over my ears. And I would say, you will keep her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because she trusts in you. Isaiah 20, 23, 6, I think. But I mean, I would have to say that and say that and say that and say that over and over again. Because, you know, that's the thing. Like you can, you can only hold one thought in your mind at a time. Yes. Yes. So if you don't pick that thought, the enemy's going to pick it for you or your fears or your worries are going to pick yes. it. It's just drowning it out. One of the things, especially, I guess it's been for the last six months, I have been really doing a deep dive study on John. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, because, you know, you look at all the people who followed Jesus, you know, they had the crowds, then uh -huh. they got it down to the 5,000, then the yes. 70, then the 12, then the three. 
Uh-huh. There was only one that followed him to the cross. Yes. And that was the one who referred to himself as the one who Jesus most loved. So like, yes. I understand like, that's what I want. That's what I yearn uh-huh. for. And I'm really seeing as I have studied, when I say study, I mean, I've read every commentary on it. I've taken Dallas seminary courses on John. Uh-huh. I have been just really digging deep in it. And what I've really found are some incredible secrets that I think that at the core, that if we really recognize the offer that God gives us, uh-huh. we would never have fear. So, I mean, I have, I mean, I have four that I wanted to share, but I, I want to go with the one first. And that is, there is an invitation that is hidden in the book of John that I think that we don't recognize. Like for me, the word that God has put on my heart for the last five years is secret. That's my thing. Uh-huh. Like I've gone through my Bible and every, t- looked at the Greek and the Hebrew and uh-huh. I mean, I've highlighted every single one. I mean, I've just, it's just, that is because it's the secret time with him, you know, that secret yes. time with him. And yes. um, in John 14, 21, he says, and I picked the NSAB, the um, NASB version, because I like the wording of it. It's a little bit, I'll give you the, the NLT, the more conversational version of it. I like uh-huh. the way he says it. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will disclose myself to him. <sighs> so as I really did some studying on that scripture, it all comes down to God's number one thing that he asks for is for us to love him. Yes. So love him. But he also says that we have to have his word abiding in us because that is, that is the power. It is the power of his word that is his power in us. True. So when we are doing those things, then he will reveal himself. And it is not like you look up, um, when you look at the word and you read about the word in the Bible, you know, like John 15, five and 15, uh-huh. seven, you know, where he talks about the vine, they're actually word logos is, mm-hmm. you know, one most referred to for word. Yes. Um, and John uses it as he talks about Jesus. So uh-huh. the word is more like the, the manifestation of God on yes. the page. So it's the, the, the breath on the page yes. or the, the manifestation of Jesus. Uh-huh. However, when you really start looking at, like, especially when you're talking about Paul um, and this, and this the anchor, um, the armor of God. And he's Uh talking about the sword of the spirit. Yes. When you're talking about the word, it's a different word. And then it's the word Rhema, R-H-E-M-A. That is the personal, and I actually, I did word study on it because I want to make sure I told y'all this correctly. So (laughs) it's different. So it's, it's the individual scripture, which the spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need. A prerequisite of getting that. So before the Holy Spirit can give us that yes. word, that rain, uh-huh. the regular storing of the mind with scriptures. So yes. that is so powerful. So if we want to have us, if we want to have God reveal himself to us, we want to be free from fear. We want to have his peace, his joy. Then we've got to take, we, we can't just hold our Bibles to, and take them to church on Sunday. Uh-huh. We got to be opening them up. And reading them and connecting with the heart of Christ. Yes. Because that is the thing. Like you will read things. And that's one of the things that, you know, and that's what I want to get across to people is the Bible. When we look at the Bible as going and checking off our to-do list, it is mm-hmm. never going to become personal. I know I've tried that many, many times mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't until 2019 when I, that was the first time I ever read the Bible from cover to cover in a year. And the whole thing that makes it doable is you're approaching it as you're going to meet the person. You're going to meet the person. And when we do that, I mean, it will come alive. So even if you don't understand, like if you're Uh in a time of fear and you're, you've gone to him and you're looking and you don't understand, there is a script in my, one of my journals I have where I wrote down and I was in a major fearful place. It was in the middle of the divorce. I didn't have money. I did not have a home. I was strange. I mean, I had nothing. You talk about being, I had zero except for God. Uh And I was reading and, and, he was talking about people props, you know, yeah. why, you know, why depend on humans? You know, they're, they're just, you know, they're frail. And, yeah. and yeah. I wrote it down and I wrote in my journal beside that. I was like, God, I know that you wanted me. That was something personal, mm-hmm. but I don't understand. I wrote down, I do not understand yeah. what it is. A year later, he revealed it to me. And it was yes. the whole thing that I had a false belief because I grew up at a time when divorce was, socially unacceptable and we were kids that grew up with a single mom and so Mm -hmm. people treated us differently and I knew it my kids my friends weren't allowed to come spend the night with me from school Mm -hmm. I mean like as a kid you knew you were being treated differently but because nobody explained it to me there was this false belief that was formed so far back in my mind yeah that I did not even know I believed it that you're not successful until you're a wife and oh that goodness. was, yes, but I would have never, and that was where, when that betrayal happened, I was already, I'd been walking with the Lord, reading his word every day Yeah. when I married that man and thought that he was uh, the right kind of man, but there was, I mean, it was, I had that, that thing was still underneath there because yeah. my ex-husband was not a Christian and let uh-huh. me believe different things about his faith before him. But at, while I was in that place, in that marriage, I was being pulled further away. I was having to temper my love for the Lord Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so what I realized after the fact, that's what that verse was that came out a year later. I mean, a year after the the divorce. And he's like, that had to, that had to go. I mean, one, anything that takes you away from me, yes, it's got to go. You Uh want to walk with me? That's got to go. God God doesn't want divorce. He gave this man an opportunity to do right. He didn't. So I suffered the consequences of his, his bad choices. Yeah. But God, what he did, and that's the thing, like when we're afraid, I think most of the time our greatest fear comes when we lose control and we cannot see how we can regain it. And Mm -hmm. it's all that surrender. And so this is really, I think, the most crucial thing. And I wrote this down because these were some of the things I had written in my journal just through that time, because literally I hid myself with God that Mm -hmm. time. I was so humiliated I just, I mean, you, when you talk about getting under his wing, I yes. was up in his armpit, you know, I mean, I was not moving. So uh, when your worst fears come true, you have two choices. You can fall apart or you can fall into the arms of Jesus. Uh-huh. God does some of his best work in the fields of isolation, but most of us refuse to bend to the loneliness long enough to have a real intimate encounter with the Lord. I learned that when a wave of loneliness suddenly erupts, the best thing I could do was to write it straight. And this will make me cry. Sorry. <laughs> the best thing I could do was write it straight into the presence of God and experience the adventure of feeling you are the only one there. 
just you and Jesus. I mean, yeah. you talk about yeah. mind-blowing yeah. reality. Yeah. I mean, that is where we learn how to fight to reconcile the facts of life with the words of faith. See, didn't I tell you how you can see through her, through Kelly, <laughs> her heart for Jesus? And so that's why this is so inspiring and encouraging because just listening to her words will show you, will tell you just why it is important for you to know him and to be with him and to spend time with him. So, oh gosh, that was so good, Kelly. You're going to make me cry too. <laughs> You know, and that's the thing, like, I, on that journal, I wrote this down there, but too, because all my life I had been fighting to take care of myself. Yeah. You know, when you, I was put in a situation as a kid where I had to take care of a younger sister. Mom was at home. I mean, I never got, I was neglected, you know? I mean, yeah. my mom did the best she could, but the bottom line is I was neglected. Yeah. So you learn that nobody's going to take care of you. So I yeah. didn't trust God to take care of me. Yes. And so on 9-25-17, so that was exactly one year from the date the divorce was filed from yeah. that abusive marriage. I was having my breakfast with God and all of a sudden I had this epiphany and I wrote down, God is responsible for me. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm see like, when, when you recognize that, Oh, girl, life changing. Yes. You don't fear anything anymore. <laughs> what freedom, right? Yes, it is. And, I mean, like. And, yeah. And see, that's that's similar to what I believe in right now. It's like there's so much fear that is being thrown at us by the world. Yeah. And for me, having been healed from anxiety and fears, I refuse to go back there. Yes. I refuse to step back into that darkness because it is devastating. Yes. And so for me now, it's, well, God has a life's planned. Mm -hmm. Whether I do this thing or I do, don't do this thing. If he calls me home, if it's my time to go home, right. no one can stop it. Nothing exactly. can stop it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if he wants me here, no one can stop that either. Right. Isn't it, I mean, it is so freeing. It's like, yes, I don't, I, I say it all the time. I, 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 on Tuesday night, I led, or that was the last night of our girls study that I've been leading. And I told them, I was like, the most mind boggling thing is the concept that people have of religion. Yeah. And that you got to do all this stuff. And I'm, I mean, you know, you've got to do this, you know, it's do the good girl thing, do the good girl thing. But when you actually do what it is, it's relationship, you're doing less than you've ever done in your life. I mean, like, it's so hard to fathom for a performance-based person, because I'm like, uh -huh. I have to, I mean, I have to pray about it all the time. I'm like, God, you got to show me here, because I'm, I don't want to run ahead of you. I feel like I'm not doing enough. But that's the thing, it is, it's so, I mean, and the other thing, too, is that, like, in Jesus's discourse, in John 17, uh -huh. when he is praying, you know, he is about, he knows where he's going, yes. and in 17.3, he is praying and he is asking God to give up and he is praying for us, you know, like uh -huh. eternal life. It's all with him. He's praying for us. It, it's eternal life is here in the now. Yes. We think it's away, but no, 
It is now. We have benefits and blessings as co-heirs with Christ that are that we can have now. We're forfeiting them if we're given into fear, you know? You just got to recognize that it's a choice. It's, you know, you do have a choice. I think when you're caught up in it, I mean, I had no idea there was another option. Uh-huh. Have, there's only one option and until we stop trying to medicate it with alcohol or food or other relationships. Yes. It's always going to be there, you know? Yeah. And you have to, if you go back to the verse where it says, think about things, think about what is true and right and yeah. excellent and praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. It has also to do with our mind. And when we saturate our mind with his word, then that's where the difference starts. That's where the difference that's where you see transformation in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yes. Because just like what you said, and you're not the first one who told me this in my interviewees, you don't just have a one go-to scripture, like I asked, but depending on what fear you are carrying, mm-hmm. he has an answer for that. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we go to him. Exactly. I always tell people, use the concordance in the back of, in your Bible. And what I did for the longest time is, Brad, I know they can't see, but we can explain it to them. What (laughs) I did, uh, like this one I have had for a couple of years, like this, and obviously this is 50, you buy those little, um, you get them at the grocery store. They're Uh index cards, but they're spiral bound. Yeah. And so I went through the Bible and I wrote down scriptures and like, for me a lot, again, because I, I, I need to understand. So like one of the ones, like I even tabbed it, it says, show me. So I need to go to it. So when I, you know, for me, it's more that uncertainty. I, I'm a black and white kind of girl. I'm uh-huh. not having boundaries as a kid. Like I really, I just get a little wacko. You know, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, boundaries. <laughs> so like, for example, Psalm 32, there are two that I will say to him to this day, I'll say them over and over throughout the day. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So for example, with that scripture, when I am praying, yes, take that scripture and pray it back to him. And I'll say, God, your word says you'll instruct me and you'll teach me in the way you should go, that you'll counsel with me with your loving eye on me. So I'm asking you, I'm submitted to your will. I am telling you yes. that I want your will over mine. And I am asking you to lead me by your spirit and show me what you want me to do. And then I'll back that one up with James 1.5. Uh-huh. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and will be given to you. And I'll tell God, I'm like, so I mean, <laughs> you say this too. So that's it. Because it's not that we need to remind God of what he no. said. It's no. that we're showing him that we know it. We read it. We're taking him seriously. And we are believing in the power of his word. Yes. And we're trusting him. Yes. Because we know that he is trustworthy and faithful. Absolutely. Absolutely. To do what he wrote, to do what he said. Yeah, Psalm 119.50. I wrote this in my journal on 925.17. So that same day, I took a picture of my journal. Psalm 119.50. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Yeah. So that's it. When we're suffering, your promises 
daddy yes. you're and, and I started calling him daddy like literally sometimes I'm in my head like when I'm praying sometimes my husband's like did you just call him daddy I'm like I sure did <laughs> because he is our daddy he is my daddy I mean he yes. just me. I never had a parent take care of me uh-huh. you, though your mother and father may abandon you yeah. I will not and he won't man that's what I want people no. to know doesn't matter where you are who you are he loves you and he is with you and he is just yearning like you are a tag team with Jesus and he's on the outside of the ring while you're fighting by yourself stretching his hand out saying tag me tag me exactly oh my gosh this is so good Kelly really good and I thank you because what you just gave to our listeners is one of the best things we can do is pray scriptures yeah give it back to him and that just shows him that you're holding on to his word and it is in his word that we have the power it is in his holy spirit Mm -hmm. that we get that power to overcome fear to overcome everything that we go through it doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer because jesus said in this world you will suffer Mm-hmm. But when you have him, there's a different level. He takes Absolutely. you to a different level. His peace is beyond understanding. Oh, absolutely. When it's also obedience. I mean, he says in Deuteronomy, and then it's repeated in the New Testament, you know, store my word up in your heart. So it is. I mean, again, obedience leads to blessing. And we forget. I mean, his number one commandment is to love him first. And Revelation, when the church of Smyrna, he he didn't give them any negatives. You know, it was like, you're doing everything right, but you have forgotten your first love. Our first love is the Lord. Yes. And that is, I mean, we're not obedient. If we love our dog, our cat, our kids, our job more than Uh Jesus, we're disobedient. Yes. Yes. And it takes time. Yeah. It takes intention. Absolutely. It takes discipline to really study his word to really give what you have been holding on to back to him because we have grown so used to this in fact we were talking about my studying john 15 and or john 21 and how jesus told his disciples throw your net on the other side, on the right side of the boat. And because they didn't catch anything that night. But mm-hmm. when they did, they got a lot of fish. And in fact, one of, it says 153 fish. Mm-hmm. And I was reading at commentaries and it's like, well, I don't know the significance of 153, but that's a lot of fish. And their net did not break. Mm-hmm. But If you go back to that story, it talks about obedience. Mm -hmm. It talks about submission. Because Mm -hmm. if they did not do what Jesus told them to do, Mm -hmm. then they would never see the fruit of their labor. Right. And then other people got blessed too. That's the thing too. Like we forget God wants to not just bless us. When we're obedient, the people we love get blessed too. Yes. (laughs) Very true, Kelly. Oh my goodness. So. I know that you have a 30-day online Bible study coming up in January. Talk to us about that so we can join you. Oh, I am so excited. I mean, I'm 
writing a book and it is about cultivating intimacy with Jesus. And I really want to know, I, I want to hear from women who want it, you know, like who are seriously, they want that intimacy with the Lord yes. and they want to know how to get it. Uh -huh. So it is going to be an online Bible study that will be private. It's I'm going to do it through Facebook uh -huh. um, and it's going to be 30 days and I'm going to go through some of the key things that the Lord has taught me. I mean, you're uh -huh. talking, this is nine years that I've been every single day. There've been twice in nine years that I have not had my breakfast with God. I mean, it's, wow. so you're talking about nine years of spending yes. every single morning with Jesus. And so I, I have all this stuff, but I want to know what we're, you know I mean? Like at this point, I want to know what other people need. Yes. So when I've got so much material that is, ready for a book, but I want to share my heart and I want to share Jesus and what you can have with Jesus with women who really, really, if you, I want you, I want you yearning for it. You know, I yeah. want, so that's what it's going to be because it's going to be my prayer is, and this was all God. I didn't plan to do this. I was just doing my book and he's the one who put the hold on me. He said, I want you to do this. I've already made the Facebook page and everything I did like four uh -huh. months ago. So if you go to my Instagram, which is at Kelly Kirby, uh, at K Kelly Kirby Worley, which I think at the bottom of your podcast, I think you might be able to yes. put that. Yes. Um, there's a link in my podcast. I mean, in my Instagram, like everything you can get to. When you click that link on my Instagram, it'll take you to my link tree. But the very top one, I think, says subscribe. So if you subscribe to that, it'll, it'll get an email from me and I will send you the dates um, and just make sure, you know, I'll send you the information and everything, but I won't be sending the information out until January. I want to get a head count first. Yes. yes. So um, I'd love for people to sign up. And also Instagram, I do have a blog. It's the uh -huh. same thing. Everything for me is kellykirbywhorley.com. Uh -huh. But I really, I um, mean, Instagram is where I'm usually four to five days a week. Uh -huh. So that's where you can connect where you're going to get a lot of stuff. I do less, more sporadic on my blog. Um, that will change once my book start ha starts happening. Yes. yes. I know people are busy and Instagram's just really easy. Microblogging seems to be, um, get a little bit of encouragement in the morning. So I would love it. And if you guys do come to my Instagram and start following me or sign up and you uh, heard from me from Cecile's podcast, would you please let me know? I am just so grateful that she gave me this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Any opportunity that I can have to talk about the love of my life. And it'll make me cry. Yeah. Um, it is a gift to me. Uh -huh. And I just can't tell you how much, how blessed I am and how much of a blessing it would be for me to share my Jesus yes. <laughs> with everybody, you yes. know? Because there is joy in that. Oh, there yeah. is so much joy when yeah. you know him. Kelly's information will be on my show notes. So you can also see it there. Also, any concluding thoughts, uh, wise words, encouragements, call to action that you have for us, Kelly? What I would say is a good call to action. Like if there is something that somebody's struggling with, whether it's money or your marriage, I highly encourage you. I mean, one scripture, I always tell people, you can be overzealous, but you need to have one thought in your mind. If you want to mm -hmm. fight that fear, you need to find one powerful word of God. Yes. speak over your circumstances. So go to your concordance, look it up. You can even, I mean, like if you go to like biblegateway.com, any of those, if you don't uh -huh. have a Bible, but put the word in the keyword in there. And what I, t I recommend you do 
New Testament, we are under the new covenant. Don't yes. do Old Testament because Old Testament is about Israel. If yes. a promise for a promise in the Old Testament to apply to us, it has to be in the New Testament. Yes. So pick a New Testament verse and speak it of your circumstances. And friends, when it's bad, speak it out loud. Find mm-hmm. a place where you can be because the enemy doesn't live in our heads. He, mm-hmm. he can only, he, he, he's not like God. He's not omnipresent. Yes. yes. So I can't tell you how many times that I will speak out loud the verse in the Bible. I mean, at least twice a week, the, the scripture, and I can't remember the number of it is If we submit ourselves to the Lord and we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So when I feel uh-huh. like I'm under attack, I literally say that out loud. I'm like, Lord, I am feeling the enemy is working in my marriage and my job and whatever. Uh-huh. And I am submitted to you. And I am standing on the promise that your word says that when we resist the devil, we submit ourselves to you and we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So I am yes. casting him out of my life as far as the east is to the west. Like literally say it out loud because you've yes. got to conquer that fear. And if <laughs> the other thing is, is if you start when the devil is working on us, he it is his goal to undermine God's authority. Yes. And if we start responding to our fears through prayer and reading scripture, girl, he's going to leave you alone because we're doing the yes. opposite that he wants us to do. Because <laughs> we have power. Yes, it's the best way to get him to leave you alone. Somebody you don't like, and they get on your nerves, start praying for him. Not only yes. when your heart turns towards them, those thoughts will go away. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate your time here and you have been such a blessing and thank you, you it's know, been so much fun i am looking forward to your january online bible study and to see your book come out soon thank you i'm so, really excited too it's um learning to go at god's pace I'd, I'd like to run ahead a little bit so i'm just having to take a step at a time and follow his pace and that just always seems to fall into place in the best way so yes and the good thing is he is our good shepherd and he yes. has his rod and his staff and he gently pulls us back to where we need to be. Yeah. We have a good and gentle God. Yes, so we do. Thank you again, uh, Kelly, for gracing us with your presence today. Thank you, sweet friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Of course, it would be amazing if you leave a rating and review. This will help more women find the podcast and grow in their faith and peace. If you're not sure how to leave a rating and review, click on the podcast app you're listening to and look for the ratings and review option. I'd also like to invite you to join my private Facebook group so we can get to know each other more. It's a great community where we can engage, learn, and grow together. Just hop on to at Digging Deeper Treasures, then enter your name and email, and you'll receive an invite for the group. You can also connect with me on my website, cecilvaloria.com, or on Instagram at, at valoriacecile. Thank you once again, and may you have a blessed week. See you next week.